Welcome to the official first episode of season five of the Soccer Neophytes podcast. This is our promoted teams preview episode where we will be looking at Fulham FC, AFC Bournemouth, and Nottingham Forest. Chris, what's up, bud? Yo, what's going on, Nate? Hey, man. I, I'm thankful Nottingham Forest made it because we have seen Fulham and Bournemouth in the Premier yep. League before, and we are big fans of parody. Um, only when Wolves are down in the championship will I be rooting for a team <laughs> that has previously been in the Premiership uh, to come back up. So uh, typically I'm rooting for Millwall and um Sheffield Wednesday Queens Park Rangers now I know some of these teams have been in the Premier League before but uh not since we've been fans so so Nottingham Forest did that for us um yeah so we're gonna we're gonna take a look at the three promoted teams we're gonna look at Fulham first then we're gonna jump to Nottingham Forest and then we're gonna finish off with Bournemouth um we both kind of took a crack at at a couple of these, these clubs, but Fulham FC, they won the championship last year and they scored a boatload of goals in doing it. I think it was the second most goals. I think I saw the second most goals ever yep. to, to, uh, in scored in the, in the championship and they won yeah. promotion pretty, pretty, pretty easily. 107 goals. Yeah. I Which think like, we're at a point now. I, I mean, obviously, we're not longtime followers of this league, but I feel like we're at a point now where the term yo-yo club is really starting to actually like catch on. Like we're seeing a team come up, go down, come up, go down. Like Norwich City's in that, and now Fulham's joined the, the that realm of yo-yo teams. So like it, it's fun because it's like our fandom is growing. Like how we feel towards the league is like growing, and we can kind of start piecing together some of these terms that, that people have told us and what they are. Uh, but yeah, I'm with you hundred percent. I want those random teams <laughs> to come up. I want whole city up here. I want, you know, yeah. Stoke city and those, those random ones. So uh, yeah, well, it's going to be okay to talk about some of the clubs we've actually seen already. I am definitely excited that Nottingham force is joining the party. Yeah, me too. So Fulham FC founded in 1879 uh, they're one of the oldest Southern England clubs I saw. Uh, they have traditionally had a lot of U.S. players, Dempsey, McBride, Bocanegra, to name a few. Um, they have two Americans right now, two defenders, Anthony Robinson and Tim Ream. Uh, Tim Ream, we gave a lot of stick Uh two seasons ago as not a very <laughs> strong defender in the premier league, but Anthony Robinson Jedi is his nickname. Uh, he's good. I, I like him. Yeah. He, he for sure had some flashes when we were, you know, watching them last season or I guess two seasons ago now. Um, it seems like he can play and he was playing at a pretty high level for them. I think he got hurt at some point in that season. He missed, a handful of games kind of in the middle of the season, but um, 
Yeah, excited to see them back up. Yeah, they have Alexander Mitrovic. He scored 43 of those 107 goals. I I actually don't remember how many goals Wolves scored last year in their entire season, but I'm pretty sure Mitrovic outscored them uh, <laughs> the entire season. <laughs> Obviously different leagues, but 43 goals, seven assists. So he's he's back up. He was with the team two years ago as well. And then they have a midfielder, Harry Wilson. He had 10 goals, but also 19 assists, which is pretty remarkable. So those will be a couple, those four players I think will be of interest to keep our eyes on um, in the coming, coming weeks. Their manager is Marco Silva. The name rang a bell to me. He was Everton's manager in the 2018, 19 season, which was our first season watching Chris. So, um, and we'll get to it later, but he, he replaced, uh, a manager of one of these other clubs. So there will be a, an interesting Derby later on in the season. Yeah. Their stadium is Craven Cottage. It is one of the stadiums I would love to go to. It seats just over 19,000 people. It's on the bank of the River Thames. They're in the midst of a renovation right now where they're adding a pool. So a la Chase Field here in Phoenix with our pool in the outfield, uh, Fulham is going for uh, a pool at their stadium. I think it's on the roof or something. I was trying to, I did a little research about that. I didn't spend too much time with it, but yeah, I think the, the pool is on the roof. And now I'm trying to remember back. Um, it was under renovation the last time they were up, right? Two years ago, they were, it was the COVID season. So there weren't fans there, but it was like heavily construction everywhere around it. Right. That, that was Green yeah. Cottage. Okay. Yep. And every time they showed a shot, it was like, dude, that place looks so sick. Yeah, that's a sweet ground. I was hoping they just released the October fixture dates um, and times for when I'm going to be there. And I was really hoping the Friday night match would be at Fulham because I wanted to see a match there. It's actually at Brentford. So I may try and see a a (laughs) match in Brentford. It's like Brentford Brighton. So maybe not the most exciting of matches on a Friday night, but. I'll be there. So I might try and see it. I feel like a match is a match at this point. That's right. Their kits are made by Adidas. Uh, They were late to the party and releasing them. Uh, They wear black and red. They were just released. They're pretty boring. uh, And their seconds are pretty bad. Um, I think they're like a teal with some weird pattern on the front. W88 is their kit sponsor, which was Wolves. Uh, kit sponsor back in the 2018-19 season. Um, so they're, I don't think they would have got a mention probably, but maybe they're away. Kits might've got a mention for, for bad ones, but Chris, tell us about their owner. For American fans, their, their owner has, has a tie to the U.S., yeah, uh, Shahid Khan. He is the owner of the Jacksonville Jaguars. So um, I don't know a ton about him, to be fully honest. The Jaguars are not a great team, nor have they traditionally been a very well-run team. Uh, they made the AFC Championship 
few years ago, flash in the pan, Tom Brady sent him home and they have not been heard of since. So um, I could be totally 100% making this up, but I think he also owns AEW wrestling, which oh. is like an upstart wrestling company that kind of has caught on over the last like two years in America. I, I, I feel like he does own them, but I'm not hundred percent on that. I'm going to look it up. Are they like the, cha- they're like the championship of the WWE? World? <laughs> Are they? Yeah, so, so they kind of, uh, so AEW start came from a cast off from WWE was tired of the Vince McMahon regime running things and not getting a push. He started his own promotion called AEW and it blew up and they were doing all kinds of like super fun stuff that all these guys kind of have always wanted to do, but haven't been allowed to. And then they became big and got bought out. And now they're just signing all the WWE cast offs who are like also have hated Vince McMahon, the WWE Big Show, and and all that. So they're signing all these WWE cast-offs now, and the guy who had originally started it asked out of his contract, got released, and has now re-signed with WWE as one of the (laughs) the biggest stars in WWE. But he just got injured. So, uh, yeah, kind of a funny roundabout story. No, I'm wrong. It's Tony Khan who owns that. So we can can cut that. Just strike all that from the the record. Well, the last thing we'll say about, about um, Fulham, they, their traditional rivals are Chelsea and Brentford. Um, Chelsea's stadium is, I think, a mile from, from Fulham. So they are right in the same West London neighborhood, and Brentford's not too far away. Sorry. Update. Got to okay. read a little bit more on uh, Tony Khan. The owner of AEW is Shahid Khan's son, and they own it together. So I was Boom. right. They do own it. It is them. Jacksonville Jaguars, AEW Wrestling, Fulham Football Club. So basically like a lot of like almost good products. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Like when I was growing up and I really wanted uh, like Transformers and my parents bought me GoBots. Yes. Like they these guys like had GoBots growing up, and they're like, we're totally fine with just a little below great quality things. <laughs> yes, I love it, love it. Well, Chris, uh, the next team we're going to look at is Nottingham Forest. Why don't you give us a little rundown on Forest? All right, so Nottingham Forest, I was pretty excited to grab them when we were talking about doing this episode, just because I didn't want to talk about the teams that we had already looked at and seen for a season. So uh, Nottingham Forest originated in 1865. uh, They've got a couple nicknames. I'm going to throw this out there because I don't think this is going to stick anywhere in our podcast, but um, their nicknames, the first one that came up was the Reds. And (laughs) I feel like there's just far too many clubs that call themselves the Reds in uh, the Premier League, mainly Liverpool and Manchester United. Um, So I I can't see the Reds catching on um, with those two ginormous clubs, particularly using Reds as one of their monikers. But the one that does stick and that I really like is they are known as the Tricky Trees. Oh, I love that. Yeah, the Tricky Trees is great. I wouldn't even put the Reds anywhere near that um, if I were a Nottingham Forest supporter 
or trying to tell people about my club, <clears throat> they're the tricky trees. That's who I'm going with. Uh, their other is just being called Forest. So they should walk out to It's Tricky by Run DMC. <laughs> yeah. That like that that's that's if I'm running a club, that's the type of stuff we're doing. And instead of like a bubble machine like West Ham have, they could have like the Stanford tree come out or like a yeah. bunch of Stanford trees come out. Love it. I think we should be hired as promoters for them. So the tricky trees, uh, like I said, they uh, started in 1865. They have been playing their games at city ground since 1898. Same stadium, 130 years almost that they've been at that place. It currently holds 30,500 fans and it's on the banks of the river Trent. So I'm kind of excited to see what it looks like. I'm not going to lie. I haven't looked it up. I haven't looked at pictures, but kind of excited because you know, those riverfront stadiums are just really cool. Yeah. So as far as players go, um, spoiler alert, if this is coming out before our season preview, uh, I'm really excited for this club. They had one of the better signing periods of this season, and I'm talking for the entire Premier League. Um, but a couple guys to keep your eye on are uh, Brennan Johnson. Last year in the championship, he had 16 goals, 10 assists. Ryan Yates had eight goals. They just signed uh, Taiwao Awani. He had 15 goals and an assist. And I think two of the, the bigger guys that they could have grabbed and they did grab they've got jesse lingard coming over from manchester united and they completed a loan deal with manchester united to have dean henderson come over now if you've listened Great. to us ever you know how much we love dean henderson because he is not afraid to wear a hat he will wear that hat that cap he'll put it on in the middle of a game or the beginning of the game he doesn't care he's the honey badger of the caps He'll throw it on and wear it proudly. So um, they had a really good signing period. Like I said, they, they signed Jesse Lingard, uh, Nico Williams, Musa Nakate, uh, Julian Biancombe. So they, they brought in like a pretty good handful of guys and bringing in a keeper like Dean Henderson, who has started in the Premier League and has won games. I mean, he was the keeper who kept Sheffield United up the year that they came up and stayed up. And then Manchester United brought him back in. He had a weird uh, preseason last year where he got a really bad case of COVID. And it took him a really long time to recover. And he essentially missed out because Ole, for Manchester United, manager actually preferred Dean Henderson over David De Gea going into that season. Dean got sick, wasn't able to practice, wasn't able to play for quite a while. And De Gea ended up having a great season to where they thought, okay, Dean's probably expendable, but they've got a legitimate keeper. Uh, is he the best in the world? No, not by any means, but he is really good and very serviceable and he'll be really good for a young team trying to stay up. All right. Their I coach. I like, I like what they've done in the off season. And I think Jesse Lingard, um, and we'll talk about this in the season preview episode. I think Jesse Lingard is one of the best signings and one of the signings I'm most excited to see. For sure. Unleash, unleashing that guy, like what he did at West Ham is the way to go with him. He was too restrained too around too many type a guys at Manchester United, but if he can do what he did when he went over to West Ham for six months, 
I mean, it's an amazing signing for them. All right, so their manager is Steve Cooper. Uh, this will be his first time coaching in the Premier League. So he's 42 years old. He's kind of a younger guy. And if you go to his Wikipedia page, he looks like an alcoholic. It's pretty <laughs> awesome. I mean, like the picture they have of him, he's I think he's drinking coffee, but I'm sure it's an Irish coffee. Uh, <laughs> there's no debating this. Uh, his, his style of play, he what he says is he likes his team to play with good organization and structure, prefers his team to control the game by being brave on the ball and confident when passing. Uh, he runs a 4-2-3-1 for the most part. He kind of models it after Liverpool's uh, system. And so I think he was either coaching or in Liverpool's academy kind of coming up. Uh, he was a player. He was a defender, uh, never played in the Premier League. Um, so this will be his first chance at the big shot as – as a player or even as a coach. Love it. I looked up some pictures of that guy. Yeah. He's, he's maybe the opposite of the next manager we're going to talk about. <laughs> so uh, to kind of put a bow on our uh, Nottingham forest preview uh, traditionally, I mean, they're an old club, 1865. Um, they have either been in the Premier League or in the championship for all but five years of that. So pretty solid. They've never dropped out horribly, but they did have that five-year spell in the third league. Um, throughout their history, they've got two European Cups, a league title, two FA Cups, four league Cups, and a community shield uh, to their name. Their glory days were back in the 70s into the early 80s. Uh, when the Premier League first formed, they were in it. Uh, they finished in third place in 1995, which wow. is pretty good because they were actually relegated in 93. So they then went on to get back up and finish in third that, that following year in 95. Wow. Uh, but they were relegated in 97, back up in 98, relegated in 99. And this is their first time back since. Wow. So they've been away for, you know, 25 years at this point. Uh, their rivals, their derbies are going to be, or their, uh, their rivals are going to be Leicester and then uh, Derby County are their rivals. Uh, Derby County is down. Uh, in fact, I think they're down, 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 if I remember correctly. So they very rarely play each other anymore. Um, but with Leicester being one of their main rivals, Leicester has been a staple hold in the Premier League for the last few years. Uh, so they get to renew that rivalry. Yeah, that's, that's great. They, yeah, they are in the Midlands. So Wolves, Aston Villa are in the West Midlands. Um, Nottingham's in, in like for a little further East. So in that kind of central area, which is also where Leicester is. So, uh, kind of center of the center of the country there. So <clears throat> it makes sense that Leicester would be a, a Derby for them. So it'd be exciting to see that. And I'm really excited to see, Nottingham Forest play. Yeah. And as far as their kits go, um, I love their kits, but they, we can't figure out if the reason we love them is because there hasn't been a release where their kits are updated with sponsorships on them. So if they go into the season without a sponsorship on the front, which I just can't see happening because that's a couple million dollars that they can just put in their pocket for doing it. Um, I think their kits are one of the best kits in the league. Who knows what their sponsorship is going to be? It's got to come out here pretty soon because we are just days away from the season actually starting and then playing their first game. 
Yeah, it looks like I just did a really quick up like search. They struck a deal with Boxed, B-O-X-T. Um, so I don't know if that's going to be their shirt sponsor. I guess we'll find out. I think they play Saturday. So yeah, we'll find out then. And I mean, even still on their on their official website in their shop, <laughs> the kits that they're selling there don't have any sponsorships on the front of them. So be interesting to see what they do. Yeah. Well, that takes us to AFC Bournemouth. They are located, Bournemouth is on the south coast of England. Um, so we've got three teams kind of from different parts of the country. Bournemouth was formed in 1899. Their nickname is the Cherries, which you'll see on their crest. They finished second in the championship uh, this last season behind Fulham. So they won automatic promotion with them. Uh, they were last in the Premier League in 2019-20. And so they've been up very recently. Uh, and they, if you'll remember back to that season, they are the ones who are the victim of the failed Hawkeye goal line scoring system because they lost a match to Aston Villa uh, where a goal had gone in, but the goal line system failed and couldn't detect whether the ball had gone in or not. And the play on the field, the ref on the field didn't see it. And so they lost that match and Aston Villa ended up staying up that season while Sheffield, uh, while, uh, while Bournemouth. So Sheffield United scored versus Villa. That's, that's the story. It's not Bournemouth. So it wasn't a Bournemouth match, but it was Sheffield United and uh, Aston Villa, but it cost Bournemouth because they would have had more points had the Hawkeye system worked. So uh, they, that was very unfortunate. I think it was like the first time in like thousands of goals that the Hawkeye system had failed. So very unfortunate. It's crazy. I mean, that's legitimately like a crazy conspiracy theory sports moment. Like, I mean, you can say what you want about like, oh, well, it was Aston Villa or Bournemouth, uh, two smaller clubs. But we always talk about the hundreds of millions of dollars these clubs make when they come up from the championship. Well, you lose those hundreds of millions of dollars when you go down. Totally. So for Bournemouth to go down when they should have been up is a big deal. And you look at the money Villa has spent the last couple of years, right? right. So like the difference between Bournemouth and Aston Villa, could those be reversed had things been the opposite? Like, very different. And again, spoiler alert on the season preview, there's a big gap between Aston Villa and Bournemouth for most of our predictions. So <laughs> there is, there is. And I will say, you know, that year that, that, that happened, I, I feel like Villa was the more talented squad. Um, but still like, that's why you play the season. That's why you play the games and, you know, it just, worked out in Villa's favor and they sold Jack Rayless for a hundred million dollars. And then they made a bunch of moves. So, I mean, it worked out well for them. Nothing, nothing we can do about it now, but that was, that's a huge deal. Yep. Uh, the, the players to look out for Dominic Solanke, he had 29 goals last year, seven assists. 
And then Philip Billing, midfielder, uh, 10 goals, 10 assists. But I think more importantly and more impressively, 13 yellow cards. <laughs> so I fully expect him to be a, a regular contributor to the red card watch this season. <laughs> some double yellows, maybe some straight reds. We'll be looking for you, Philip. It's definitely something to get excited about. And then their goalkeeper, Mark Travers, um, he had uh, the least goals allowed. He was third in least, or he was the least goals allowed and third in save percentage last year. So a really good keeper there for Bournemouth. Um, their manager is Scott Parker. He is the former manager of Fulham. He left Fulham when uh, Fulham was relegated and took over Bournemouth. Uh, he is, I think the undisputed handsomest manager, if not the handsomest, he's the, he'll be the best dressed. There's no doubt about it. Uh, <laughs> I I'm excited for the forest Bournemouth match when you pit Cooper against Parker based on the limited, I mean, I'm nothing to look at either, but I think the, the, there'll be a pretty drastic, uh, difference between those two managers when they, when they line up on the touchline, uh, <laughs> they play their matches at Dean court. Uh, it's actually, uh, vitality stadium, but it is, uh, it seats 11,364 fans. It is the smallest ground in the premier league this year, uh, surpassing Brentford's, which has 17,000. I mean, that's a, that's a big difference. They don't, they have 11,364 fans, but it's a cool looking, small, small stadium, um, kind of traditional looking ground. Their kits are made by Umbro. Their kit shirt sponsor is Daffabet. It's pretty bad, like really bad. Uh, they wear red and black, uh, their home has these weird lightning vertical stripes that aren't that great. Um, but they have a third kit that's just black and white and it's very strong. It's a great looking, great looking kit. Um, their rivals are Southampton and Brighton, both two other, uh, premier league clubs located in the South of England on the coast down there. Uh, there'll also be the Scott Parker Derby uh, when, when they face each other again. Uh, another interesting thing about Bournemouth is they have uh, passed on some pretty good players over the years. Nathan Ake played for Bournemouth when they went down is when he moved to City. Uh, Tyrone Mings, who's at Aston Villa, um, and Wilson over at Newcastle. So, so they've had some really strong players over the years that I all three of them might have left. Uh, when they went down, actually Mings might've already been at Villa at that time, but, uh, but I think Ake and Wilson both left when, when Bournemouth went down last time. So some familiar former players that they'll play against as the season goes on. Let me ask you this, Nate, <clears throat> this doesn't, well, it kind of has into plays into this preview, but I think the one thing that we've kind of learned or at least seen from our limited experience here is that more than likely two of these three teams are not going to be around next year. Um, you have hope for any of these teams? Yeah. I mean, I think you already kind of hinted at it and I don't want to give away too much of our, of our preview episode, but, but 
not Enforce has at least spent the money and have go- have gone for it. Fulham has too a little bit. They've they've made a couple of decent signings, but um, but Nottingham Forest, I, I really think Nottingham Forest and potentially Fulham as well could stay up. I don't have a lot of hope for Bournemouth. Um, but again, like you said earlier, that's why they play, they play the games. Yep. So I just looked it up and Fulham scored 27 goals in the year that they were up two years ago. So they scored 80 more last year. Let's hope they can keep it up. <laughs> they just need to find some middle ground, probably. Right. right. So, all right, man. Anything else you want to add to these this team preview? That's it, man. I'm excited to watch these teams play. Uh, we've got Premier League starting this weekend. So we're Can't excited. Wait. I'm excited. I, it's, it, you know, a lot of the American sports, I feel like their off seasons are really long. I feel like the Premier League had a very short off season, especially because they just like do these summer tours and then they start going into friendlies and then boom, season's on us. Yep. Yeah, it's it's been it's been quick. So, well, I look forward to to some matches this weekend and uh, we will have our preview episodes. We broke it into two because it was so long. So there'll be a couple preview episodes coming out this week a little later. You can follow us on Twitter at Soccer Neophytes. We also have a fantasy premier league soccer neophytes podcast if you find us on twitter you can find our fantasy premier league and join before the season starts on friday so we're excited chris yeah buddy see you soon see you nate